Hello, Jeff. Hello, Richard. How's it going? Good morning. Or afternoon, wherever you are. (laughs) (laughs) Still morning for me. Still morning. So, oh yeah, you're in San Diego. I am. I I just, I just moved from SoCal to Las Vegas. Wow. To keep more money. I was going to say, and actually a lot of people do that. (laughs) (laughs) My, my housing bill is half and I, I can, I can talk about personal income taxes if you want, but it's way better here. Yeah, there no, aren't I, any. <laughs> I was going to say at the state level. Yeah, it's zero. <laughs> I think it's a basic form of financial planning if you live in Southern California. Move yeah. to Vegas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What's the number one thing of every financial plan? Leave. Leave. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I, I mean, unless you're really into the beach, you know, they have everything here. There's right. Trader Joe's here. There's shows here. There's, uh, you know, Sprouts here. Everything that they have in Southern California, they have here. How'd you do in the summer? Uh, it sucked. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the future goal will be to leave. <laughs> <laughs> you just treat it like the hostile environment. It is, you know, it's like, okay, huh? you run from the house to the car, to the car, to the mall or wherever you're going. Uh, yeah, the 112 is not so fun, but you know, it's not that big of a deal. I've had worse uh, air conditioning, you know, the air, air conditioning. conditioning. Yeah. If that breaks, then you have to drive, just keep driving. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've had that happen to friends like, Oh, it's summer and my AC broke, you know, I'd leave, you know, I would go to a hotel. Can't, I was going to say, that's something that. you got you to gotta get fixed and you got to get it fixed right away. <laughs> got to get it fixed right away. That is a, that is a uh, what do they call that? That's a uh, safety of life issue. <laughs> You'll just melt. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Man, I can't even imagine. That. Yeah. Well, you know, I was in the Air Force. So uh, one of my deployments was to Saudi Arabia oh. for 59 days. And several of those 59 days were uh, 140 something. Good Lord. I know. Insane. But it was a dry heat, as they say. <laughs> uh-huh. I had the opposite. I actually lived in Russia for a year in Siberia, and it would get to you know, 25 below, 30 below. And it was, wow. uh, I didn't have a car. We'd have to jump on public transportation, those big buses, electric buses. And man, it was, uh, it was like a pack of marshmallows. Everybody was, you know, every piece of clothing you had, you get on those things. <laughs> yeah, I grew up in upper Michigan, so I know cold, too. Yep, exactly. Yep, yeah. Same thing. Actually, it's ironic. Some of the people that I knew in Russia ended up getting married to Americans, and they all live on the Upper Peninsula. Really? It's very mm. much like Russia. Yeah. <laughs> kind of what they said. Weather-wise, like right? Yeah. Yeah. Reminds them of home. Yeah. It's different now, though. It's a lot. I mean, if you if I ever thought that climate change wasn't real, all I have to do is go home now because it's it's completely different than when I was a kid. Really? It's changed that much? Yeah. I mean, it used to be like frozen hard in November when I was a kid. Right. And now it's, it's nice into December, you know? Yeah. And sometimes, you know, it just doesn't, you just don't get the snow and you don't get the, well, you always get the hard freeze eventually, but it takes a lot longer. And then in the summer you see like, you know, nineties and hundred degrees, you know, my parents, uh, last couple of years, they bought air conditioning and we never had air conditioning when I was a kid just didn't need it right you know so it's on both sides world is a changing world is a changing there you go (laughs) so before we start i like to do this fun thing so please have fun with it uh this is where it's like a promo for you and for me so it's a promo for you because you say um you know your url in there you say your name um so you you pretend like you're a rock and roll star 
um, say something like, hey, this is Richard Chapo uh, from, let me see here, make sure I get this right, SoCal. Internet Lawyer. Yep. Yeah. You know what it is. I was going to look. SoCalInternetLawyer.com. <laughs> <laughs> and you are listening to Vroom Vroom Veer with Jeff Smith. And then, you know, listen up or rock on or, you know, hey, have a good time. You know, something, insert something funny here if you so okay. desire. Yeah. So, uh, and just so you know, uh, I've been recording this whole time. So sometimes I use like some of the outtake stuff too. Sure. But I, I won't do anything that'll incriminate you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't That's think we said anything though. illegal. Yeah. So we're okay. So whenever you're ready to go, uh, go, go for it. Okay. This is Richard Chapo uh, with Room Room Veer with uh, Jeff Smith. I'm happy to be on and looking forward to educating you. All right. Thank you, sir. Uh, I am going to hit stop and then start a new uh, file for the show. So I'll be right back. Okay. Are you ready to thoughtfully steer away from your revved up, frenzied, and far too often scripted life? Then welcome to Vroom Vroom Veer with Jeff Smith, where he guides you down the road differently traveled by sharing unique experiences with guests who have managed to shift away from a life stuck on cruise control and veered their way into a more authentic and fulfilling one in all sorts of interesting and kind of remarkable ways. Get ready to Vroom Vroom Veer with your differently traveled road chauffeur, Jeff Smith. Travis Chapel, thank you so much for being on Vroom Vroom Veer and welcome to the show. How's it going? Jeff, I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. How about you? Uh, today is good. Uh, I only have one podcast and then uh, the rest of the day is shopping on a non-weekend day. So that's All right, an easy be. day, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so pretty good. Uh, so you are at uh, buildyournetwork.co and, uh, and you're looking, and that's a podcast, and you're looking yes. for uh, to help folks build their uh, their inner circle of professional yes. relationships. I like it. So talk a little bit about what you've got going on your podcast. Yeah, man, that that's exactly what you said is the goal. Um, with one caveat, I would say I, I want to help people grow their inner circle. Um, but the catch is I want to help them do it the right way right. Um, so that they don't uh, burn through relationships and friendships and they don't annoy everybody at the event and it's they're so not the person <laughs> spamming everybody on Facebook and right. always posting their link and, you know, being that one guy that uh, always does that. So that guy, that guy. Um, that's I the always, one caveat yeah. that I would say. But uh, it's been going well. The podcast has uh, been up and running for a few weeks now. Um, took wow. a, couple, a few months in the pre-launch, um, but that was actually to do some, I'll practice what I preach, so to speak, and um, do some networking on my own to try to get some of the best quality guests that I could possibly get. Good idea. Um, when I launched the show, so that I would have some good content for, for people to come on and listen to. And so, um, a few few notables that that have said yes um, have been uh, people like John Lee Dumas, uh, Entrepreneur on Fire, yeah, a really successful business podcast, and then sure. uh, Patrick Bet David runs a. Um, the largest entrepreneurship YouTube channel um, called Valuetainment has like over 400,000 subscribers, I think now. Holy cow. Um, and then uh, and then he also also runs a, a nine-figure um, life insurance agency. So he actually he actually knows what he's talking about when he gives advice to entrepreneurs. Yeah, know? right. Um, <laughs> and then uh, a couple others would be like Ivan Meisner from uh, – he, he's the founder of BNI, those uh, networking groups that uh, – um, every yeah, real estate yeah. agent you know is probably a part of. Right. Um, 
Um, and then uh, the most recent one, though, that I had a lot of fun with was Chris Gillibo. Oh, um, he's awesome. Who runs a podcast called yeah. Side Hustle School, but he's also a right. lifestyle blogger, travel yeah, yeah. blogger. Oh, I've he's been following Chris every for a country while. in the world before he was 35. Yeah, amazing. Um, and uh, the way that he did that was through a blog, and then about a year and a half ago started a podcast, and now it gets three, four million downloads a month. He's best-selling author, really, really yeah. intriguing guy to talk to. Yeah, yeah, much um, of that was but, fun. Uh, but yeah, I've just been trying to cultivate the best possible content that I can, um, and now kind of trying to focus more on the on the marketing aspect and getting people to actually go listen to it. So yeah, you know, the audience building is. is is, is the is the long haul piece of podcasting, right? I mean, the long haul, yeah. It is. Mm-hmm. It really, you know, you can do everything you want, but it's still, you know, you better love it. <laughs> I'm tell you. Yeah. I mm-hmm. love podcasting, mm-hmm. you know, because I tried blogging and it is like, I just don't really, you know, me hanging out all by myself in a coffee shop or at home or somewhere just tapping keys, snoozeville. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? no, I can't I, do I, it. I hear you. I yeah. hear you. But I could, I could talk to, you know, four people a day and I would be energized, mm-hmm. you know? So even yeah. if I don't I get figure, paid to I figure do I'd it, do right? it anyway, right? I may as well yeah. just record it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let other people listen to it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, and you get to meet really cool people and, mm-hmm. uh, and learn like I've learned so much. I mean, I've been this podcast has been going since fifteen, um, like May two thousand fifteen, and oh wow. my goodness, yeah. I mean, I have just learned so much from I. You know, I now have a goal of trying to go back and audit all of all of the lessons learned, kind of like what Tim Ferriss did with his podcast, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then write a book. You know, I don't think I'll write a book, <laughs> but I do want to <laughs> capture those lessons. You know. Cause that's, right, that's right. huge. Yeah. Um, so, you know, just sort of like let the show change me and then, you know, highlight those for, for people listening. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this is room, room beer. So that means that we have to talk a little bit about you and your life and, uh, have like a public version of a therapy session. So <clears throat> where did you grow up? You, you're in California now and you're planning to maybe move to Vegas, but yeah, did you um, grow up in California? Yeah, I grew up actually in the city I live in. It's actually it's actually really funny. I actually grew up in the house that I currently live in now. Wow. Oh um, my goodness. Holy. Um and what happened was we lived here for like 12 13 years basically the the house I grew up in and then uh, we ended up moving my sophomore year of college or so um to the other side of town and then I got married and my wife and I moved in together in an apartment um in the city of Lancaster um just a few minutes away. And then about six months after we got married, we moved up to Fresno. So uh, change of scenery, moved up to Central Valley, California, right, right, right. Lancaster, for those who don't know, is in Southern California, the tippy top northern part of L.A. County. So we're about an right. hour outside of L.A. Right, right. We moved up to Fresno for a little while and uh, um, had some unexpected family issues go on. And so we wanted to be back around friends and family for a little while. So we made the move back from Fresno down to Lancaster. But my caveat was I told my parents that they had to rent me this house because <laughs> I like being by myself and it's out here on the outskirts of town on okay. a couple of acres and stuff. And so um, I was like, I don't want to rent from other people. We have a couple really big dogs and they're just proved to be a nightmare for <laughs> for stuff like that. So for landlords, just situations. like, if you guys rent us that house, then, then, then we'll move back down. And so I actually am currently living in the house that I grew up in. Oh, wow. In Lancaster. But yeah, you're right. We're thinking about uh, taking off here in the next couple of months. Um, and, um, and Vegas is, is the top city that we are prospecting currently. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we looked at a lot of the different cities, you know, like in the, in this side, the Southwest. So we kind of looked at Phoenix. Uh, we have friends in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. We kind of looked at Tucson. We have friends in Tucson. 
and we looked at Vegas and at the end of the day, it just was like, okay, they're all pretty much the same. They all have friends, but <clears throat> Vegas doesn't have any income tax. That is so true. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's one of the main, re- that's one of the main things that keeps me looking there. Yeah. Yeah. Especially coming from California with right. uh, huge, um, uh, taxes that we have here in, right. in every aspect, not just income tax, but yeah. sales tax and yeah. all the other Everything. fantastic taxes that you get for living in California and <laughs> right. LA County specifically. Right, so. right, right. Yeah. I mean, and then the other thing that I really liked was, um, let's see. Okay. So it's, and then my rent was half, uh, you know, and you can just go down the yeah. list, you know, the, about the Crazy. only, and it's close. It's a lot closer to LA. So we still want to mm-hmm. go back to LA and shop and stuff and, you know, maybe, you know, get out of the heat <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> during the, the summer. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. You know, weekend trips for shopping and, you know, like mm-hmm. seeing green things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's funny to say that because where I'm at in LA County, it's basically the same exact landscape right. as Las Vegas. So right. it's like the high desert of Southern California. So we're all in that, uh, lot of a lot of heat no green just desert for miles and miles and uh and then we get all the bad stuff about california too so it's kind of like a kind of like a lose-lose and wondering a little why, bit right <laughs> yeah i've always uh, yeah. here you know <laughs> yeah no i'm with you yeah no if you're like by the at, by the the water at least it's you know green and cool um mm-hmm. so anyway we digress so <laughs> yeah let's let's yeah. talk a little bit about um what you've got going on on your podcast and, and how, because I, I looked at your ebook and, uh, and you talked about, um, networking Ned. And so mm-hmm. he was that, that one guy, right? He's that one guy. <laughs> he was that, he was that he's one that guy. one yep. guy and it's not Ned Flanders and he doesn't say diddly. This is networking. <laughs> this is networking Ned. So talk a little nope. bit about what, what your metaphor for net, networking Ned. Yeah, I just when I when I try to get people to understand exactly what I'm talking about, I want to paint them a picture um, because if if you have any experience in networking, and, and I, sometimes I don't like using that word because it's a buzzword for a lot of people, they don't like it. Right. Um, but uh, that that is in essence what what I'm talking about. Um, when, when when you think of that, or when you go to an event, or when um, you're at a meetup of some sort, there just seems to always be the the one the one guy that is walking around. He's got like a thousand hot off the press business cards made just for this one event because he runs out at every event. <laughs> you know, like he, he, he runs out of his thousand <laughs> right. cards every time yeah. he goes he's got somewhere. Like a so he always has to get new time. ones printed up. Right, right. Yeah. And uh, he's the guy that just comes up to you and uh, introduces himself, doesn't really give you a chance to say anything about yourself. But then he goes into this 60, 90 second elevator pitch um, about what he does. And he's got it spot on, talks to you about it for a while, asks you if you'll support him. And then regardless of your answer, um, he might uh, he might try to get a number or some way to stay in contact. If not, then uh, he's he's gone next, and, and leaving over the next person. And it's more of a numbers game for him instead of building actual genuine relationships. Mm. And um, I think networking net is what turns people off to networking that were afraid of it to begin with because now their fear goes from – you know, it's it's a different kind of a different kind of fear. Their fear goes from, um, you know, I'm afraid to go talk to these people, and I'm afraid to come out of myself. The fear goes from that 
to, man, I do not want to be anything like that guy. So <laughs> to avoid that, yeah. I'm just not going to do it at all. Right. And um, right, right. both extremes are the wrong way to go about doing it. And uh, so what that ebook is doing is it's encouraging people to go out and network and build relationships, mm. but do it the right way. Do it in a genuine giving way mm-hmm. um, and do not be networking Ned. Right. You know, I, I had uh, I had a similar experience because the first time I went to a big air quotes networking situation mm-hmm. was the the first podcast movement. So I think it was okay. in 2014, if I'm not wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was huge, you know, nearly a thousand people, if not a thousand people, uh, you know, and just like what you said, most, there was a lot of networking nets. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was and, just at podcast movement and there was networking nets there. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> How was it by the way? Yeah. Was it good? It was good. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. I actually didn't get to go to any sessions because I was working um, uh, John Lee Dumas's booth for him, trying to oh, sell wow. some of his Freedom and Mastery journals and stuff. Good and for that, you. that was actually what was more incredible to me about yeah. those networking neds is I was actually at a booth, like, you know, a paid sponsorship spot right, right. to sell things. Yeah. And, and I they still were, had people come wow. up to me, try to sell me what they were doing and not give me a chance to speak and then just leave and leave me with a business card. And it was like, wow, and you're this sitting is incredible. There, like and I'm, not, I'm not just an attendee yeah. here. Like I'm, I actually paid for a spot to sell things and you are not giving me a chance to even talk and you're just trying to sell something to me. So it, it was incredible that, uh, the, I mean, those are some true networking neds. Those are some those are some uh, bold networking neds to come up to sponsorship right. booths yeah, yeah. and uh, and spam them. You know. So you volunteered with uh, with uh, uh, with John Lee Dumas. Is that what I'm getting? What's that? You were volunteering to work at his booth. Yes. Mm-hmm. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's a win. Yeah, that's part of the whole. Uh, that's part of the whole building your network thing. You that's know, a just huge trying to win. find a way yeah. to add value to right. um, to somebody, and especially for somebody like him. You know, where he already knows everybody. You know, like right. who could I introduce him to? Right. Probably right. nobody exactly. that he right. already right. he doesn't already know. Like nobody of note that he doesn't already know. You know, I, I I don't make more money than he does. I don't have. I don't really have anything to offer the guy. Um, but, uh, what I, what I'm pretty good at is selling and I've been doing door to door sales, retail in home sales for um, my entire career so far. And so that was one area where I felt like I could offer some value to him. And I just said, Hey man, if you need somebody to, to help you run the booth, um, I can, I can do that. And, uh, wow. and I can try to sell as many of those journals for you as I can. So, um, I ended up working with them there and I'm actually headed to Vegas this weekend for the thrive conference. Oh, I know um, because Thrive, he's speaking right? there. And, um, since podcast movement went pretty well, he asked me to come out, um, and, uh, and work the booth for him at Thrive. So now I got a free ticket to Thrive, which is a, a large business conference. I'll get to meet a lot of really cool people there too. So yeah. Who runs Thrive? Uh, Cole Hatter. Yeah. Cole Hatter right, right, right. Runs, runs Thrive. Yeah. See, I've, I've heard of that. <laughs> it's really cool though. He, he does, he has his own businesses and coaching businesses and he does a lot of real estate, um, flipping and stuff like that. But, right. Um, thrive a hundred percent of the proceeds go to charity. Um, but it's just a large business conference that he puts on and, uh, there's going to be a lot of, a lot of big influential people that are speaking there this year. It's going to be at, uh, I believe at the hard rock in Vegas. Oh, nice. This weekend. Oh, this weekend. Wow. See, mm-hmm. now you are following the advice of a one Timothy Ferris. Two R's, two S's. <laughs> two R's, two S's. Yeah. Because Which can he, be confusing. Yeah. 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 Well, he he suggests that you volunteer 
to, you know, help out either organizations or folks, you know, or organizations with folks in them that you want to, you know, be close to. Right. Mm -hmm. So you've, Mm -hmm. that's, it's a really good follow right there. (laughs) Yeah. It's such an effective way to get to know people, you know, we're, we're, it puts you in a different position. So let me explain my, what I mean by that. So no, it, it, when, yeah. when when there's a conference, say podcast movement, there's, you know, I don't know, 1,200 people there or something right. like that. And most right. of the people that go there know who a John Lee Dumas is because he's really big in the podcasting space. Mm-hmm. Um, and so people want to come up and meet him and shake hands with him and, you know, get their journal signed by him, get a picture with him, all that kind of stuff. Sure. Um, and I'm the one that gets to facilitate a lot of that. So whenever there's people at the booth asking for him or wondering where he is, or maybe trying to make a book order of journals, I'm the one that gets to text him and say, Hey man, come on over. Like they want to meet you. Right. Um, we'll get a big book order of journals from this one and, 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 you know, stuff like that. So it differentiates you from being like another quote unquote fangirl, you know, um, <laughs> to, to being someone that's yeah. actually adding value and, and helping, uh, push them, push them forward and being mm. just a big proponent of, of what they do and what their work is. And a lot of influencers really appreciate that. Yeah. And it also takes you, it separates you from the rest of, you know, the air quotes attendees, not like mm-hmm. there's anything wrong with being an attendee. We're all attendees, right. but all the attendees look at you as if you are now, you know, a associated yeah. or right. Or, you mm-hmm. know, a participant or something. Right. You know, right. Right. Yeah, it's all about differentiating yourself, um, right. especially when you're trying to um, communicate and uh, become friends with an influencer that has hundreds or thousands of people trying to become friends with them on a daily basis. You know, sure. um, differentiating yourself is a huge part of the process. And you probably got a little bit of exposure to JLD's inner circle. So right. Instead mm-hmm. of hanging yeah, well, out with. Right. <laughs> that's how I got the. Right. Um, that's how I was able to uh, to interview Chris Gillibo on on my podcast was See? was through was through JLD. So it works. See, so you're already implementing your strategy. I love it. <clears throat> so talk a little bit about like in chapter one of your ebook here. You've got giving in there. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you talk about givers, takers, and and what was the other one? Matchers. 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 Yeah, yeah. yeah. From some uh, Adam. Uh, Adam Grant. Yeah. Adam, Adam, Adam book, Grant. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He wrote a book called Give and Take, which if you haven't read it, it's a, it's a must read, especially for, um, for those of you trying to, you know, grow your inner circle. Um, and basically what he talks about at the beginning of the book is there's three separate groups of people. There's givers, there's takers, and there's matchers. Givers, um, are people that are constantly giving, never expecting much in return. Um, they just give of their time, of their resources, of their knowledge. Um, they're constantly giving. Takers are people who um, um, uh, are always really taking advantage of the givers and uh, trying to suck people dry. Just, you know, just take as much <laughs> right. as they can. We know those um, folks, and then throw away the rest. Type type of a person, and then. And then there's matchers and matchers are people who are willing to give, but only if they see something of equal value coming back to them on the back end. Right. Um, and, uh, it's interesting They uh, he talks about a study in the book, um, that they did to figure out where those three groups landed on the success ladder, quote unquote. Okay. And it was interesting to, to me to see the results. Um, cause I, I, at first I was thinking my, my initial instinct was givers are at the bottom, matchers in the middle, takers are at the top. Cause takers are always willing to do stuff that, that regular people with a conscience <laughs> can't do. So right, right. obviously they're going to be at the top. And that was my first thought. And then I, when I was really started thinking about it, I was like, you know what? 
actually matchers might be at the top because if you're a taker, you're going to burn through relationships pretty quickly. And in the right. long term, it's never going to work out because nobody will want to do business with you, right. you know, 10, 15, 20 years from now. Short term, it'll work out. Long term, it never will. And so I was thinking, you know what, probably matchers. Matchers are probably at the top. And I think if if I were to categorize myself as one of those three things naturally, um, just as my like, who I am as a, as, a, as a person, I would say I'm probably a matcher because um, right, right. um, instinctually it's in me to be like, you know what, I'm a pretty giving person. And if somebody's in a, like a needing situation, I'm always willing to give um, give of my resources and stuff like that. Um, I'm, I'm, I've found I'm more giving of my resources than I am with my time even. Um, like I'm, I'm more willing to cut somebody a check than I am to sit down for three hours and work through it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, um, totally. But uh, you have since, to guard your time. Since I've been on this personal development journey, I've been really trying to focus on on being a giver um, more than anything else, and not trying to think of what I'm going to get back um, in return. But after reading uh, what I uh, in, in that book, what what the studies ended up being was that givers are at the bottom, which you would, which most people would guess, because you know sometimes they'll get treated as doormats and uh, they'll okay. never um, they'll never get ahead doing that. But Givers are also at the top of the success ladder uh, because people with a giving attitude long term mm. will always be the ones that end up receiving the most. And the the ironic part is, is that givers don't even think about what they're going to receive. Right. But in the end, they're actually receive more, <laughs> you know, um, you yeah. can't. You can't receive everything. You can't receive anything if your hand's always closed, you know, and it's if, right, if you always have a right. closed hand going into something, you're not willing to give of your time, energy, resources, then you can't ever receive anything anyway. Um, and so givers are at the bottom um, because uh, because they allow people to use them sometimes, but they're also at the top. And uh, so it was really, really, really interesting study. Um, but that's why my first point in that book is to give, because I think that's one of the most underrated things in business is giving. Mm. Um, because people, I think a lot of people view business as being a, you know, dog eat dog type of a world. And in a lot of cases it is, um, right, right. but you'd find that the most successful people are the ones that are always willing to give and give and give and give without expecting anything in return. Right. And if you're going to be a networking Ned, networking Ned's not a giver. He's a taker <laughs> or a matcher. He's definitely not a giver. He's, He's always giver, looking right. to yeah. take things from people and receive things from people and make himself better at the expense of other people and never willing to give anything else in return to help mm. other people do better. Mm. Um, and so giving is probably the single most important uh, part of networking and building relationships. You know, I uh, I heard Adam talk on, um, I think it was James Altucher's podcast. Okay. Yeah. And uh, and you're right. And he he was an amazing dude. He's like a full time college professor, I think. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> really good guy. And you're right. You know, I uh, I think my my thoughts were like the same. But then you think about sort of like we've got uh, going on. You know, I think the old school was very much take 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 take. You know, mm -hmm. and it's still mm -hmm. around, right? Um, but it's it's a lot easier to see now. With, with the internet and, you know, social media, it's, it's harder right. for takers to pretend like they're givers. <laughs> right. 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 With this, this, you know, everything's so quickly and easily exposed. Exposed. Um, yeah. That's the right word. Yeah, right. Definitely. So I think long term, you know, as we go forward, more people will realize that, you know, the only way to keep anything will be to be a giver. Mm -hmm. You know, because of your, it'll just be one of these reputation sort of like games, 
right? Right. We're the, winning. The, winning. Winning will be the people that give the most. Winning long term, right. for sure. And yeah. I think that's the that's the one caveat to that is that right. long term is the way to think about it because. Sometimes it's frustrating if you are a giver or or even a matcher and you see a taker, you know, like if you're both if you both started in the same position when you're 20 and you see this taker just like burn through people, burn through people. But he's doing really, really well for himself right? and doing a lot better than you're doing, um, maybe is, financially yeah. or in, or in some other um, realm of life. Um, but you're 24 or 25, you know, it's only been four or five years. Maybe, maybe you're even 30, 31. It's only been 10 or 11 years in the long term. Being a giver will always make you the winner. Um, and being a taker will always make you the loser. You'll never, you'll never be able to sustain, um, success and growth for a long period of time. If you're always, always taking from people burning through right. relationships, because like you said, that you, you will be exposed. And, uh, I, I know some people that it looks like they're really successful, but there'll be an entire Facebook thread about people who said, who are saying bad things about that person. Like, you know, don't not in like a mean and spiteful way, but in a way of just like, Hey, if you're thinking about investing money with this person, don't do it. Mm. Um, because I did that and I lost money and they scammed me out of this much money. And there was an entire Facebook thread of like 25, 35 people commenting on it. And every single one of them, this particular person had blocked them all. <laughs> you know, so it's just like, wow. So you you consciously know how many people that you've screwed over now to the point where you actually go to your Facebook and block that person from communicating with you on Facebook. Wow. And uh, it, yeah, exactly like exactly. you're saying, it's yeah. just long term. It's just not going to work out short term. It might and yeah. it might really bug you that that taker is getting really ahead. It seems like they're doing super well for themselves, but mm -hmm. it's just never it's just never going to work out long term. Yeah. And the other thing that I, you didn't really mention in your ebook, but I, I've thought about quite a bit is. And when you're a giver, you have to sort of like be um, not, well, you have to be aware of what you're doing and also like, I don't know how to say this, but not be so, so giving that you're like not taking care of yourself, right? Mm. And you burn yourself out. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. You know, I, I think uh, Scott Adams, the, the, the author of the cartoon Dilbert, he said it, he said it like best. He's like, you have to take care of yourself, <laughs> first, mm -hmm. yeah, you, know? Definitely. you know, uh, and then, and so, and it's not, it's more, he used the, the idea of when you're on an airplane and the air masks come down and you're a parent, your, your first thought is, Oh my God, I have to take care of my kid first. Right. But really what you need to do is put your mask on first so you don't pass out. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> right. So, yeah. Yeah. He, he said that. And then uh, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk's also really big on that. And he's talking about what he, he talks about filling up your bucket first. Yeah. Um, so and you, then whatever yeah. overflows from your bucket is what you give to other people. Amen. Um, and because uh, I think a lot of people look at being successful as a greedy thing, you know, right. like right, man, right. that person's just all about money and it's all about becoming successful and not about their friends and whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, but in, in that a way. lot of cases, but, it's actually right. being selfless to become that successful because right. your bucket's going to fill up a lot faster and overflow for those around you. And you'll have a more positive impact on everybody there You're anyway. Right. And right. then you can really start giving of, of, of your resources and your time. Mm -hmm. Um, the, what I would say on that is 
just be self-aware, have enough self-awareness to figure out where you are in life and what you can give more of, because we can all give more of something. Um, so if, if you maybe aren't a millionaire or you're not doing well financially, then you probably shouldn't go give a thousand dollars to a charity. Right. Um, but maybe you have some extra time that you could volunteer on the weekends, or you can spend time with somebody who wants to be in the position that you are in. And, um, you can make a positive impact on that person and, and, or maybe you can make an introduction to somebody that really needs an introduction to this particular person to help them get a job or help them do well in their business or whatever it might be, you know, and I think being self-aware, taking an assessment of where you are in life will help you to realize what area you should be giving more in. Right, um, right. and, uh, I think that's a, an important distinction to make. So yeah, yeah I'm glad sure. that you brought that up. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you know, because I, you see a lot of these folks, you know, that are, it's almost like they're, um, giving so much that, you know, they're, they've martyred themselves. Right? It's like, yeah. mm-hmm. stop, turn around, love you. You're doing great. Take care of yourself first. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. So you also talked about, um, you have to be patient. So tell, tell some stories about, um, how patience can help you build your network. <sighs> Man, uh, that is <laughs> patience is the number one thing. I mean, when I say this a lot, and I think that it's the underlying theme of the ebook and about networking in general, and it's long term. Um, every time you think of building your network, you have to think long term, and that's what giving is. The giving game is not a short term game, um, right. because a lot of times you won't, you're not even going to be able to see some of the ways that you giving is going to come back on you in 10, 15, 20 years from now. Um, but, uh, patience is such a huge part of, of the networking game, so to speak. Um, because if you come into it thinking, man, I'm going to do this and this and this, and it's all going to be done within the next year. Um, you know, it's good to have goals and, um, <laughs> and articulate those goals right. instead of leaving things up to chance. Right. But, uh, but a lot of people I think get too discouraged too quickly and they give up too quickly and, mm. um, realizing that, um, that it's going to be a, a long-term game is in the end going to, um, work out a lot better for you, um, because it'll help you stay positive during the, the journey, you know, journey, the right. journey is, is, is half the fun anyway. And, um, and if you don't realize that, if you're always thinking of the destination and you're, and you're being really impatient, then it's going to be difficult to mm. be happy along the way. Um, if that makes right. sense. No, I, I've, I think we've all fallen into that thing, you know, especially when you're in a podcast situation, it's mm-hmm. almost like when you're a rookie, right? Like, right. I'm still a rookie, but I've been at it for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. But when I first started, I would get like so upset when, you know, big name guest, I land him. Woo. And then he doesn't share. Right. Mm. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's okay. You know, right. you're not, you know, the value of a big name is the big name itself because people right. will see the picture on your website and go, Oh, he was on that show. That must be a real show. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. whether they share it or not, if they share it, mm, you know, that's probably really cool. But in the end it doesn't, it's not that big of a deal because it's like a one-time thing. Um, that was a tough lesson for me to, you know, it's just like, and now I've learned that, you know, like I had Chris Brogan on my, on my launch team kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And, um, and people show up to my website and they're thinking, do I want to be on this show? 
Oh, Chris Brogan was on that show. Yes, I want to be on that show. <laughs> right, right. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's the value. You know, it's like, um, and if you're if you get down on the on what you're talking about and like thinking, okay, I, I I want that immediate, you know, feedback and and the big share and I want them to like say nice things about me on social media, it might not happen every time, but mm-hmm. it's okay, you know. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, that's that's exactly the same that's happened with me with a couple of uh, the bigger bigger name guests that I've had on, you know, like where I haven't even gotten a response where I'll shoot them the email that says, like, hey, the episode's live. Here's this link, this link, this link, this link to <laughs> right, share right, here, right, and here, right. here and here and here. Here's a graphic for Instagram. Here's, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you made it super, super easy. Sure. And not only did they not share it, but I didn't even get an email response, Crickets. you know, like, hey, Crickets. thanks. <laughs> Something like that. And, <laughs> and you're right. At first, it's kind of like, man, I thought this was my ticket to more right. listeners and all this kind of stuff. It is. Um, but in Just the end, uh, it's really good for when. And now I, when I reach out to other influencers to be able to talk about some of the people that I've had on the show, it makes them feel more comfortable with saying yes. And sooner or later, somebody's going to share it, you know, somebody's right. going to tweet it out. Right. And, um, and, uh, it's, it's all about being patient, thinking long-term and being a giver. Right. Right. So let's talk. I know you use Facebook groups quite a bit mm-hmm. and, uh, and I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll admit here as, as part of my therapy session, I'm a little bit afraid of using Facebook to promote right. things um, just because I feel like every time I do something on Facebook, I'm peeing in the pool, so to speak. <laughs> mm. Mm. And I think we've all lot. had that experience, right? Yeah. Like it's a lot of, you're talking about like it's a lot of friends and family and stuff that's on there and you don't want to <laughs> yeah, clutter just, up their newsfeed. Is that what you mean some, by that? Yeah. Right. You have to yeah. know what you're doing is, is mm-hmm. what I was trying to get at. And there's, you know, Twitter is a whole, com- each social media platform is so different. You can't treat right. them all the same. So each mm-hmm. one needs to be learned and studied and then, and then implemented slowly or else, or else you're going to get all these weird reactions of what the hell are you doing? Why are you cramming up my feet? You right. Know, and then right. they're blocking you and unfriending you. And yeah, it's, mm-hmm. and it's dicey. And I think that's, yeah. that's just kind of a, kind of a process and it's up to you on what you want your social media sites to be, uh, ultimately. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, for me, it's a good way to communicate with people and make, make uh, good business relationships and friendships and stuff like that. And so, uh, it's honestly been like probably a year and a half since I've just kind of, um, decluttered my, 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 my Facebooking and right. stuck mostly to, um, entrepreneurial and motivational type posting. So even if it's not entrepreneurial, just be more about like just self-development, personal development and stuff like that, because that's what I want people to know my Facebook feed for. So I don't post a lot like anything negative or political or, or anything like that. Um, I I stick to (laughs) just that particular content. So what happens is over time, people start to realize that that's what I'm posting more of. So the people that don't like it, um, it'll end up going to the very, very bottom of their newsfeed. But the people that do like it, um, and comment on it, engage with it. It'll go to the top of their newsfeed. And when I first started posting stuff like that, I was only getting, you know, four or five likes and no comments or maybe one comment every once in a while. Um, but now that it's been a long time of me doing that and then friending people, unfriending people, friending people, unfriending people, um, now that over the course of a year and a half or so, I'm starting to get a lot better engagement from, from people that are following a lot of the stuff that I post now because they like the content that I'm putting out there. Um, but I don't do a lot of calls to action on my Facebook page. You know, I think when I launched the podcast, I did. Mm-hmm. And if I have an interview I really enjoy, um, that I think a lot of people benefit from, I'll post something like that. Um, but I, every time a, a new episode comes out, I don't post it, um, okay. because I know a lot of people would, 
you, you have to play to Facebook, Facebook's algorithm. And a lot of people, if you post something like that every single time you're putting stuff out, yeah. um, then a lot of people won't, you know, <clears throat> they'll, they'll, they'll stop liking it. And if they stop liking it, it'll go to the bottom of their feed and then it won't be exposed to them when you do post something that maybe might benefit them mm. because they didn't like the last four things that you posted, if that makes right. sense. Well, no, I get um, it. Yeah, so yeah. That, that, that's the reason I like Facebook is that if you, if you understand like how Facebook works, you can really cultivate a lot of that content specific to the people that are following a lot of your stuff. Yeah. Um, so I don't really post a lot of personal stuff on there anymore. Um, sometimes I will. And, uh, like, you know, if I'm on vacation or something or out on a date or something with my wife, then I'll post something like that every once in a while. But most of the time it's, I keep it very, very, very positive. Um, so that people know what to expect when they see a post from me in their newsfeed. No, that makes sense. Yeah. And I know that you're very much into the group kind of situation. Yeah. 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 And that, that, that actually leads perfectly into that because that, that's one reason I like Facebook groups, um, because you do a lot of the same practices, um, but you can, you can choose groups to be a part of that are specifically pointed to the area you like to talk about a lot. So I'm in a couple, um, or one, I'm in one or two podcasting groups. I'm in one or two sales groups and one or two entrepreneurial groups. Um, I try to keep it under five that I'm really actually involved in, um, because right. I think that the, again, it's a long-term game to get in there. When you get into a Facebook group and you think that, uh, you can go in there and then post one link to your website. And because the group has 60,000 people, you're going to, you're going to get 60,000 people visiting your website. <laughs> That's not how it works. Right, right. Um, the algorithms are the same in Facebook groups as they are in on regular Facebook. So if you don't go into that group and become actively engaged and, uh, and, uh, um, a, a good member of that group, then right. the algorithm's not going to show anybody anything that you post <laughs> because right. you didn't put in the work right. to it, it can, earn it's almost like the, the exposure on your post. It's like the um, algorithm. So if you're not in there liking and name. engaging with other people, <laughs> commenting on people's stuff, asking questions and stuff like that, then you're never going to um, receive the engagement on your post that you, that you want, which is why I recommend to keep it under five groups, uh, five groups and under, because it if you're a part of, of 15 or 20 yeah. groups, it's just impossible. And unless, unless, unless a hundred percent of your marketing and sales come from Facebook groups, which I knew, I know some people that do that. Um, then it's impossible to spend 15, to spend the proper amount of time to be actively engaged in 15 to 20 groups, um, on a weekly basis, just you, you'd be spending 30 hours in Facebook right. groups. And like I said, if you're making money from doing that, then great, keep doing that. But for most people that have a lot of different <clears throat> ways and strategies to get business, um, you know, four or five groups is the max. You can't spend, um, a lot of time in, in other groups like that. So, uh, spend time in those groups, get to know people because you can, it, it's unique because you, you've, you're literally in a group where a bunch of people have joined because they enjoy that topic just like you do. So it gives you a different perspective. Whereas like you're saying, like, I don't want to clutter my newsfeed with my friends and family because they don't care about what I'm doing in business. They're all fine working their nine to fives and they don't care if they see a motivational post, you know, they're just going to skip it. Right. Well, fine. Right, then right. keep your Facebook personal profile for for personal family stuff and you know, whatever you want to do and share a funny meme or two or post some sports clip or whatever you want to do with that, but go be actively engaged in four or five Facebook groups and, and, um, 
spend time in there on a daily basis, comment, like on other people's things. Once you're in those groups for a week or two, post a question. Um, questions always get the most engagement. If you put a couple emojis in there, you'll also get higher engagement. All this stuff is covered in, in, in my ebook. If you want to learn more about how to get better engagement on your posts and Facebook groups, then right. um, go download the ebook. It's at buildyournetwork.co forward slash FB. FB, um, easy. For Facebook forward slash FB. There's my ebook there. You download it and read about all this other stuff I'm talking about just more in detail. Um, but it, it's a great way to get to know people. And when you're, when you're in a group and people see your name all of a sudden coming up every once in a while and they start liking your stuff, now you can friend them on Facebook. Then they go over to your personal profile. They see what you're doing. They start following your stuff on your personal profile. It's just a really good – Facebook groups are very underutilized but really good way uh, to get to know people and build relationships online. Yeah, I learned a lot about uh, the power and value of the Facebook group when I joined Podcasters Paradise. Because mm. they've got sort of like a written, unwritten. I'm not sure if it's written or unwritten, but there's a kind of like a, a rule in there where they want you to answer questions before you ask questions. Because mm. people, there's like a, a ton of people in Podcasters Paradise, and all the newbies want to know how to make a podcast, right? So it's super easy. I mean, if you're a podcaster and you've been at it for a while, you can easily spend an hour just answering questions. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right, right. And people really dig that. You right. Know, yeah. then, and yeah. what it does too is it, it sets you apart almost as an authority figure in the space too. So those people that are just getting started when they see, oh, wow, Jeff Smith, he's, he's run this podcast for a couple of years now. Wow, that's right. really impressive. Most people right. don't right. even make it a month. So right. I mean, he must know a thing or two about podcasting. <laughs> I'm going to friend bit. him and then go look at his stuff. And then, exactly. oh, here's a link to his podcast. I'm going to check that out and I'll hit the subscribe button. You know what I mean? Right. Like it's just no, a whole – sure. you, you don't know what can come from just giving to other people. And Facebook groups are great, a great way to, to make sure that that happens. And the other thing I've learned is that people are more, I don't know, what's the word, open maybe uh, in a group because it's, it's kind of like an isolated group. Mm -hmm. you know, whereas like in the rest of Facebook, they're a little bit more closed off and they're going to, it's not, it's less... They're less mm, uh, intimate, right? Right. So in a right. group, people share stuff. <laughs> Maybe stuff yeah. they shouldn't, but, you know, <laughs> right. they really go deep, you know? Mm -hmm. So that mm -hmm. means the engagements are sort of at a, a different level. Yeah, and more genuine, more genuine. For sure, for sure. See, that was a, a one of one of your, your big chapters, right? Uh, it was, And this was, you know, what you were just talking about was um, an extension of your be genuine chapter in your ebook mm -hmm. was, mm -hmm. you know, don't pretend to be a member <laughs> right, right. of the yeah, group. A lot, a lot of be people a member will, of the group. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. A lot of people will do that. They'll be like, well, the Facebook algorithm will, <clears throat> will, will measure that I go in and like people's posts. So they go in the Facebook group and they go like, scroll, like, scroll, like, scroll, like, scroll, like, scroll, like, scroll, like, scroll. Right, right. And then, and then what happens when they post a, a, a post and then they don't get any likes. They're like, man, what happened? I thought that, you know, I would get good engagement because I was liking other people's stuff. Facebook understands when you scroll past past something and when you look past something. So if you're if you're if you're going through and liking and scrolling and liking and scrolling just to get better engagement, Facebook right. will actually detect that and they'll wow. send you notification and be like, "Hey, you can't like posts for like another two hours or some sort of time period um, really? because you're not reading any of them. <laughs> like Facebook knows when you're doing stuff like that. That's so stop scary. doing stuff like that <laughs> and stop trying. People just are always looking for shortcuts, you know, Jeff, right. like right. everybody no, wants right. to know the shortcut and how to do it the quick way and, uh, and, uh, beat the system. But true 
genuine uh, caring for what people have going on, there, there's no way to beat that system. You just got to do it. Just be genuine and helpful and just try to think about, hey, if I posted this, if I posted this question, what kind of feedback would I want to be getting from that? And, uh, right. and post something that would be, that would be like that. I mean, the golden rule is still stood the test of time. So, um, don't forget about that and be genuine with people. For sure. For sure. Uh, this has been a blast, man. So, okay. You've, uh, we've shared a lot. Um, we're going to wrap soon. So you are at buildyournetwork.co, not com, but, but co. Um, mm-hmm. so I will give you the last word. What, what do you want to leave my audience with? Oh man, we've hit on it a little bit today. And I I always hesitate at the end because I get asked that question a lot, you know, one parting piece of advice. And I just think that that's, I'm going to stick with, I'm going to stick with the underlying theme of this whole interview and go with think long term. And Mm -hmm. I want to take a second to pound that in even more because, um, just to, uh, I think people hear that and it just goes one ear out the other because it's kind of cliche, you know, think long term. Right, it's all right. about the long term. And I just kind of like, oh, yeah, I understand. I understand. I understand. But I need to make money now. You know, and I understand that. <laughs> but you have to have a plan for the long term. So, for instance, I have a, a different business besides just my podcast. I'm, I'm a, a dealer for a water machine company, a water machine manufacturer. So whole right. home water filtrations, water softeners, um, under counter units you know, and stuff like that. And that's mm-hmm. how I make money right now. I got to pay the bills, right? Right. The podcast has not made any money at this point. Um, I've put a lot of time and money and effort into it. I've traveled to Puerto Rico to meet with John Lee Dumas to talk about it. Wow. I've spent a lot of, a lot of time doing that, but I know the runway is a very long time to hit revenue, to hit good revenue with it. Um, but it's just a long-term play. And if you don't have something that you're working on right now, that is a long-term play 100% that you can look in the future and say, this is where I want this to be in 10 years from now. It may not benefit me a lot right now. I may have, I may have to eat dirt for the next two years, but Mm. one day it's going to benefit me a lot. And I know that it will, then I suggest getting something like that. If you don't have one already, do something like that. For me, it's the podcast. I just, I just know that building good relationships with people, with the, the people I've been able to while doing this podcast, um, will in the long run benefit me more than, um, almost anything else that I could spend my time working on right now. And, uh, so while I have my short term, while I, while I, while I, while I do have to pay my bills, I know that the podcast is going to be something that in the long term just has much more benefits that I could even imagine right now. So that would be the, that would be my parting uh, piece of guidance uh, there, Jeff. You know, and I think, you know, I'm with you on that because I think the, you know, the podcast in and of itself has value. So, you know, even if you're not getting money out of it, you're learning so much from each one of your guests, right? Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. and you're, and you're making connections and you're providing value. So, right you know, yeah, maybe it's not paying the bills monetarily, but you are still getting some benefit out of it. You know, that's right. (laughs) Oh yeah. I mean, just think of all, even just the experiences that you've had that that's got, it's gotta be a blast. Yes, definitely. Definitely. All right, brother. Well, this is, this is fun. Uh, I appreciate you being here and, uh, and thanks and thanks for hanging out with me for about an hour. Of course. Appreciate it, Jeff. Thanks so much for having me on. All right. Have a good one. Thanks for taking the time to ride along with us on another episode of Vroom Vroom Veer. For podcast info and show notes, be sure to head over to vvveer.com. That's triple V double E-R.com. Man, that's fun to say. And we'll catch up with you next time here on Vroom Vroom Veer. Vroom Vroom Veer.